everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief staff, Hallie Warner, and we are on part four of Consciousness at Work. <laughs> we have covered a lot. Super excited to be with you guys today. We are going to be covering conscious leadership. So the first question I'm going to answer, and then we're going to move into some actual tactical examples of these things. Of Because you know, people always ask, like, like, even yesterday we were teaching, you know, an uh, expansion mastermind course. But the question came down is like, how, what's like the number one thing that helps you kind of stay stable and core? They want to know. Like, they wanted to know the one most critical item that helped in the success of building the business. Yeah. Um, and what I said, TM, I actually thought that question was different, but I think transcendental oh. meditation <laughs> because it gave you the clarity to be centered, to make the right decisions for the business. Mm-hmm. And Ray Dalio actually says the same thing, which, so if you don't want to take my advice, I mean, I would take Ray Dalio, who yeah. is just one of the most incredible human beings. And that's like that higher level answer too, because I was going to say, well, okay, it was hiring the right people. It was, you know, like really like super tactical. Um, But those are all branches of the tree. The thing is that you think about it is like, I I think about when people ask that question, I go, well, first you have to have the, the tree, which is the centerness the center, the tree is centered and rooted in the ground. Then you have all these branches. Then you have the needles. Then you have like little pieces of the needles. So like the roots are transcendental meditation. Yeah, the roots, the stem, kind of like what's grounded into it is TM or some sort of con- or some sort of meditation. It doesn't have to be TM. For me, it was. And for Adalio, it was. Um, you know, and, and so that's the centerness to be able to make all of the decisions accurately in business. Also things like what to learn and what to study show up differently when you're clear and sense. So it gives you that perspective to be able to use into the business world. So what does conscious leadership mean? Yeah. So conscious leadership is the same variation of all three other parts. All four parts are about this and exactly what the kind of answering with the TM, which conscious leadership is, I am aware that I'm in here that I do not need to listen to the story or the, or the mind narrate life for me. And I'm able to stay centered and collect myself. Everyone kind of knows what collect yourself means. Maybe you can't put it in the words, but I'm able to stay centered when I'm making decisions, period. I actually heard uh, Eckhart Tolle say this morning, I happened to be listening to one of the things he was saying. And he said, if somebody asked me on a resume, which I thought, cause I don't hear him um, actually talk about business very often. He goes, mm-hmm. if somebody, asked, if I had to fill out a resume and they asked me what my skills were, he said, my skills would be that I no longer have to uh, think. That's literally what his skills. <laughs> okay, and well, what does that mean? Well, it means that like, I'm, I'm no longer listening to my mind think. He's just He's just present conscious. and acting. Yes, exactly. From that pre- yes. place of presence and consciousness. Yes, exactly. And so it doesn't, and again, people hear that and they go, then I'm not going to accomplish anything. Yeah. And that's not There's what like, it why is. Why would I hire that person? Well, the thing is, is it's not about, and again, we've talked about this, but it's, it's not about not using your mind. There's a ma- major difference. And you gave that example in, in, in session three about how like you're playing with your kids, like you're using your mind to be creative or the mind's going, how come you're doing this? You have two, how long are you going to do this for? You have other things to be doing. And then people buy into that voice. So consciousness just means I'm waking up and I realize that there's this little annoying voice in my head and that's not me. And, uh, I'm not going to listen to that. Actually funny. I was talking to my son last night and I, and, uh, he went through, there's some little dramatic, (laughs) he was a little dramatic yesterday. And so we had a talk and, and so he was kind of, he just grabbed my hand and he was holding me before he was sleeping. And I said, I just wanted a random question came up. I said, Hey, what's your, what's that little voice in your head saying right now? He goes, well, it's copying you. Mm. And I was like, Oh, what a sweet, innocent answer, but truth. (laughs) He was like, it's just copying you. It's saying what you're saying, dad but he was totally real. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah. And I was like, well, I was like, you know, that's not you, right? He goes, I know. And I know it's not, but it was just copying you. And I was like, man, what a real answer. Uh, but that's consciousness. That's being like, he was, he saw that the voice is there and he was able to recognize that there was a voice just 
trying to copy me. And to, that there was a separation. And there's a separation and between them. the yeah, two. That's awesome. I mean, that is, that is the, at the essence of what conscious leadership means. You can't explain consciousness in words. The only thing that we're doing here is trying to give some sort of direction so that people can experience it themselves. Right. Or, or to, to me, I always like to be able to maybe recognize it or be more aware of when it happens. It, when I get these, all of these examples and when we, I know we can't actually define it, but it gives me direction. Yes. So that when it does happen, I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. Yeah. It's just an awareness. Mm -hmm. It's really, if you want to get deeper on this, because people at this session are, if you've made it to session four, you're, 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 you're tracking with us. It's consciousness is, 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 is really consciousness comes into it. It manifests as you through life, right? It manifests into each one of us, you Hallie into me, right? And there's the human part of us, the personality, all the, the mind, all the emotions, all that stuff. That's the human part. Then there's the being part, which is consciousness, which it manifests in it. And the evolution of being conscious is when consciousness, the manifestation of consciousness recognizes that it's consciousness. Do you get that? Mm, nope. <laughs> well, Not like, really. Because consciousness in itself is manifested from the same source. It's all part, like a wave manifests from the ocean. The, the, we say, oh, there's a wave, but it's still part of the ocean. Right. So we could say, oh, there's a human, there's Hallie, but Hallie's still part of consciousness, right? You're still, that, that dwelling, that awareness that you're in there is all tapped into and part of the greater part of consciousness. Universal. Universal consciousness. life, exactly. Whatever you want to refer to that divine, however you want to refer to that is. So it's, you've just, in every plant, every animal, plant, anything is just a manifestation right? It's consciousness kind of experiencing itself. So when you get past the mind, you consciousness starts to go, Oh, I don't have to listen to that mind. Then it starts to turn around and starts to recognize that it's, it's aware of itself. <laughs> and that's when people start to use the word enlightenment and different things like that, because you're actually aware that you're aware. And really what that's meaning is that you're just aware of yourself. So conscious becomes aware of itself through the manifestation of itself. <laughs> so how do right, you so um, practice <laughs> how do you practice that concept that conscious leadership every day like in in the workplace well i think the the thing to do is um so yeah people so what i was actually going with this until you distracted me or until i went off on a tangent <laughs> well, is, well, maybe that was your mind though yeah, yeah uh well actually i wasn't using my mind it was just things that were just showing up and i was just talking the the thing that um the thing that people want to know is like, I'm on the ground, I'm in work, I'm making decisions. What do I do? Right. So the, mm -hmm. the so you had a good question. Like, so how does it show up at work? Right. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that really what it is? Well, I mean, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning first about the, the roots. And we were talking about transcendental meditation and, and in order to be a conscious leader, you first have to lead yourself. Yes. Right. Yes. And so how, you know, so talk to me more about that. Yeah. So I think the key is there's multiple things. Number one is self-leadership, right? So in self-awareness is another word you could use for self-leadership. So what is your, what is your practice every day to bring you to a place to gain more self-awareness? And if that word resonates better with people, you can do that, or you can use to have more personal growth, right? Mm -hmm. Or to have more consciousness or have more spiritual, what, spirituality, whatever you want to refer to that is, is that you have to have a practice for it. And it can be as simple, by the way. You, and and, and we, we talked about this before is you have to essentially meet people where they are. So in the beginning, like when you first practice in this, this may be a vision board. Like that's the first technique that they can do. Remember, techniques are wonderful. They get you going down the path to get you to experience what you're trying to experience. So the, the technique in the beginning may be a vision board, but your self-leadership is going to come from your daily practice. So that can be a vision board. That can be a gratitude journal. That can be a meditation. That can be a walk. That could just be 
every minute of every day, just trying to pay attention that there's this voice inside your head doing this. That's all self-growth. That's all self-leadership. But most important, that's why you see the people that are developing and growing are people who have very, I don't even like the word like strict, I can just more routine practices every day to work on themselves. And that's really what it comes down to. So that personal growth, that working on yourself is giving you strength to continue to look and go more self-inquiry because I think most people on this call have done sort of maybe a behavioral test or assessment or have started learning about themselves more. And as you learn about yourselves more, you go, Oh, I, I didn't realize I acted that way. I can even going back way back in the beginning in 2008, I went to a first disc class D I S C. Mm-hmm. And I think I've told this story before where yeah. I literally was in the class and I was actually next to my, my wife, Sarah. And, uh, I was like, and somebody's like, Oh yeah, D's are high drivers. They're intense. They're all these different things. And they're kind of going off. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely me. And I'm like, so isn't everyone else. And then all of a sudden they got to like a C or an S and Sarah's like, I'm an S. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't, you don't think like that. And it was such an aha moment for me. And that's all personal growth is too. It was just all of a sudden I became more self-aware of who I was. Mm-hmm. Now that I was self-aware on more on the personality human side and then, but then fast forward, you know, 15 years, you start going more inward, 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 inward. So being, um, a conscious but that's leader, a great place to start. yes. Being a conscious leader means that I need to start somewhere and I need to bring some sort of game into my life, not an actual game of like self-discipline in my life to become more self-aware. Yeah. And which, again, great place to start because when you do that and you start leading yourself first, you are then going to attract the right people to be in your world from that more authentic and egoless place. Yeah. As a leader, right? Yeah. I mean, that's part of what we do as leaders is, you know, recruit people, hire, mm-hmm. fire. Um, the leaders, I mean, I would say that almost it's maybe not the hourly component of it, but the most important thing a leader needs to do is to hire the right people. Yeah. So how can they do that from a conscious place? Well, the more you are more self-aware, the more, and because here's the thing, people that um, are further along in self-awareness will, are willing to go out and hire people better than them. You just want to hear it that way, right? Mm-hmm. They are. Because somebody that's not self-aware or has more egoic level of consciousness in them is always that person who's never going to allow somebody else to be better than them. They're going to hold on to parts of their job. Right. Because they don't, they don't to yeah. feel less significant Even, or and, yes, less and like, valuable or, or they, they don't want to be scared. On on. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. those are people who when they're doing reviews or like somebody could be knocking out of the park and but they don't give them all the best reviews. So somebody else doesn't see it and think they're better than them. Mm-hmm. And so we all know those managers or leaders that show up that way. Right. Or employees can do this. They like, don't want to give up part of something because they're afraid that somebody's going to take something away from them. Right. So there's different modes of that, but that's, that's how it can show up uh, in the leadership world. So when let's just talk about interviews specifically. So when you're going into an interview, how can you do that from a more conscious place. Yes. So I think the way you start this, again, this is a technique is that when you're going in there and if somebody is really, really awesome in the interview or whatever level stage that means for you, and, and you start to feel inadequate next to the person <laughs> and you start, the person maybe starts to go, um, or you're sitting in there going like, if this person came on, like I wouldn't have a job. Mm-hmm. That's when it's a great opportunity to go. This is first of all, a person I need to be in a relationship with. And also this is a great place for me to let go of this feeling right now. And so that's how you can start becoming more aware. Yeah. I was going to say that that was actually one of my first, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. My first indications of, well, I don't even really know what you would call that, but to me it was self-awareness. It was self-awareness. And it was also like when I really started to understand what talent looked yes. like yeah. was when I felt that, felt that 
overwhelming feeling of I'm going to lose my job and I'm not in insignificance. I was like, thankfully that we talked through it. Right. And I realized that that's actually the person that we, that we needed to hire. Yes, exactly. And I got over it. Yes. Well, and you did, you did a great job with that, but there is that whole element when people are sitting in a room and they're going for a hire and they're like, Oh man, like they're instantly, their mind either goes, I can't afford this person. I can't be in a relationship with this person. They're better than me. There's a whole bunch of reasons why they don't end up hiring that person. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of being conscious and going, maybe I can be in business with them. Maybe I can't, I don't know yet, but I'm certainly going to let go of the part of me that fears that has fear around hiring them. Yeah. That's what you let go of. Then you may or may not be in a relationship. Right. We don't know the outcome, but don't always respond instantly and go, I can't afford this person. They're better than me. And, or I have fear around hiring somebody because I won't have a job. Yeah. We also talk about, um, always making sure that, and this again, stuff we've talked about before, but staying super neutral in those interviews yes. for that kind of, for that reason that you can either get really bought into the hire, mm -hmm. um, one way or the other, you might immediately like not mm -hmm. like something they said and then discount that they could be amazing for the organization or, yes overlook that they are not the right fit just because you have a bunch of things in common. Yeah. Um, so doing all of this, this self-leadership practice to maintain that neutrality going into the interview is super important. Yes. I love that. To make the best decisions for the organization. Yeah. Again, all the same variation. Yeah. Get clear as clear as you possibly can. And then whatever part of you, whatever, whatever you're doing in your leading world, that could be leading a group. It could be an interview that could be in firing, which we can talk about in a second, right? Any one of those things, the first thing to always do is go, is there a part of me that's preventing me from being as clear as I can? That's just, that's a, the easiest way to say like being more conscious is what is, is there a part of me that I'm listening to or part of me that's fearful or afraid or inauthentic that's blocking me from being truthful in the situation that I'm about to lead into. How does that apply to firing somebody or lay laying them off or? Well, I think, I think it actually applies to before people are actually fired. Okay. Because I think what I've seen in most businesses, real estate, outside of real estate, whenever you talk with individuals, most companies stay where they are plus or minus 10% based on how their market conditions are going only because of the people that they can, they keep. Typically the first people you hire, they may be a part of your organization, but they're typically probably not all the leadership positions that you need in an organization. In fact, you may at some point need to go hire more people that are above them. And that becomes a tricky situation in leadership to deal with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you get faced with this decision that nobody else wants to make, by the way. Because when I sit down with people, I'm going, well, what do, what, would, what do you need to do in order to move your sales forward or in order to move your organization forward? And they're like, well you know, I'm missing this process or this system. And ultimately they say these different hosts of excuses and I go, and it always comes back to, they don't have the right people. Just summarize it to there. Yeah. And you know, one question that's, I don't know if it's relevant or not, but one question I always ask when we're working through this with clients or in coaching or whatever is they get so attached to the person often and like, well, maybe if we moved this person over there, or maybe if we took this off of their plate and then we did this instead, but I always just ask the question and you, I'm sure you do too which is what does the business need yeah. and what position does the business need right where you are at now currently as the organization stands. And then you back, then you decide if that person is the right fit for it, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're making a tremendous amount of money and you want to keep extra people around because they're loyal and they've been there for a while, that's your choice. Sure. I heard one situation. of I heard somebody say that one time, they're like, I'm making so much money that I'm choosing to have some of these people around. However, let me be very clear that if everything got tight, they'd be the first people to go. Mm. That's what they, I mean, literally was their comments. And I said, well, that's a good way of saying it. So if you have ample cash flow and you can easily afford to have some people around that have been there for a while and you like it, 
that's a luxury and that's wonderful. That's not most businesses though. Right. So in most businesses, the reason why I said it comes before actually firing somebody is you having to be clear enough to be able to ask the question that Hallie just proposed, right? If I was coming in as a board member, let's kind of always put myself in a seat. If I'm going to, even my own company, as I go, if I was coming in with no attachment to the outcome, yeah, what decision would I be making? Yeah. And then that's how I always approach the decisions. And the decision is that, you know, um, Samantha over here, I don't know Samantha, but like, you know, Samantha over here is not the right person based on where the organization is right now. So maybe the organization's changed. And so instead of trying to move Samantha into some other position, cause you feel bad for her, that may not even be the right position for her. You have to then make the conscious decision of saying, sit her down and sit down and say, the organization's moving this way. And unfortunately we're eliminating this position. And before you go in there, of course, you know, there's the mechanics of firing. You should talk to HR and all that stuff before you do yeah. any of those things. But before you, most people are unwilling to make these tough decisions around hiring people that are really good, right? Cause it goes both ways. Yes. Hiring people. And I also talk about, you've got to be willing to jump brackets and pay. Like I always say, think about the most, the most successful money successful. Cause that's how a lot of people see it. Successful people in, in business in terms of money. And I go, great. How much do you think the people that are next to them are making? And they're like 500,000, a million or $2 million. I say, great. What's the people next to you? Right. Are they at 30,000, 50,000, hundred thousand, right? Where are they? Because at some level you're gonna have to keep jumping brackets. Right. And what I see most people and they're trying to get in this 30 to $50,000 range, but they're trying to extract a hundred thousand dollar person from a $30,000 salary. And so you have to kind of jump these brackets in order to get the next outcome that you're looking for. It's like, it's so easy to see this in baseball or sports, sports in general, because when people get traded from sports, they don't see it as somebody getting fired. It's almost like customary. Well, what's the difference? Baseball or football is a sport and it's a, it's a business, right? It's not a nonprofit. It's a business. And so you're running a business. So when Tom Brady gets traded, right? People may be upset that he's traded, but they're not going like, oh, how could the, you know, I can't believe the coach would not think about his feelings and his emotions. That was the best move for the company. And that's how you have to operate these things. The only way you can do that though, is from you letting go of the fear of, of, of unwilling to make a tough leadership decision, the fear of what's going to happen, the fear of actually sitting down and actually having the conversation with people, the fear of the outcome. That's why you have to let go of the outcome. Mm -hmm. You have to let go of needing to be right. You're not firing somebody also because you don't like them. That's the other thing. You don't just fire somebody because they're not, maybe somebody's just crushing it and doing really good and you may not get along with them. Then you need to figure out whether or not you're the best person to serve them. Um, or what's in, what is, what's, what is it with you that they're getting bothered by? And so there's a whole element to this, but the only way you're going to really, truly figure all that out, that all that out is if you're willing to let go of the personal side of you. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to just say, sometimes you say, um, that you let go of the personal energy behind some of these decisions, but what does that, what does that exactly mean? Letting go of, or not having any personal energy behind a conversation or behind a decision? Yeah. I mean, let me just try to give an example of this because I've said it throughout these four series is if you look at a tree outside right now. Is there any energy when you look at that tree? Like, are you like, I can't believe that tree would look like that. I can't believe it would be there. No, but you might go, oh, wow, that tree, that tree is really gorgeous. Yes. That one is, looks like it's dying. And that's the personal. Mm. That's the personal. Because I'm making a judgment? Yes. And that's exactly what you let go of. Okay. Because you who's in there, you who's in there didn't say that the mind did the mind is the only one that told you that whether you liked it or disliked it 
And that's all based on your experiences, your likes, your dislikes, and your preferences. That's why the cause of all suffering is based on preferences. Mm. And so that's the mind. That's what so you when, let if go you're just of. Conscious. Yes. There is no story. It's just, I'm just looking. You're actually experiencing and you're seeing the tree for what it is, a tree. There's no label on it. That's why language can judge things. Label is helpful, helps us get around in the world, but we've all been become so intoxicated with language that that's all we're looking at. Remember we talked about last time when the world is out here and then there's the world, the mind, and you. Mm-hmm. That's why when I ask people, like if everyone just ask my kids all the time, like, Think, make that, make your mind say apple. And they're like, it's saying it, it's saying it. So it's you, then you see the apple, then there's world. So that's why we get caught in this, bo- in this box where it's like the world comes in and hits the mind first. Cause that's what everyone's looking at. You're actually looking at your mind. Then the mind is taking in the world. And so the mind is actually just narrating the world and interpreting and it interpreting it, yeah. it based on how, how your life's unfolded. And past experiences. That's and, all. Yeah. Yes. How your life's unfolded, including yeah. past experiences, your culture that you grew up in. Preferences. The, the preferences. Norms, yes. The family, that. the teachers, all of that stuff. The stuff you read, the stuff you watch. Yeah. yeah. Instead of the mind going to the side and you looking directly at the tree. That's why in Buddha, they say when you've hitched enlightenment, it's when you can just say, I see the tree. I just, that's why the whole story is that guy is like every day I've been walking out for the, the guy in the, in the Buddha and the Buddha was teaching one of his disciples and the guy was walked in. He's like, I see it. I finally see it. It's just a tree. It's just a tree. And the tree has been there the whole time. That's why it's real famous. He says, just tree mm. because he finally walked in one day and was like, it's just a tree. <laughs> and that's when people know like you've got it. And so when you, what you let go of when you're walking in there is you're not you thinking through how the conversation can go, not you thinking through what you need to prepare for, not you thinking through of having things in writing, not you thinking through maybe certain words you can use. That's fine. Cause that's you using your mind in the situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. So don't get confused with that. It's you coming in there. Then the mind narrating first, that's the slightest difference between all of this. Is it you using the mind or is the mind using you? And then you're taking orders from the mind. And so when you let go, you're letting go of the mind giving you orders and it switches. That's why it's called transcendence because you, what you're transcending is the mind and the mind is the egoic level of consciousness. So when people are operating from ego, what they're operating from is they're operating from the mind only. Mm-hmm. And so when you let go of the mind, you become clear and you become conscious and because the mind there is no story. Is then, then is just a tool. And just a tool. It's just like my iPhone. Exactly. I just take it out when I want to use it. Perfect. When I don't, I can put it on airplane mode. Exactly. Okay. Or a car or a hammer. <laughs> it's just a tool. So if in business, if we've got team members who we can see may, may benefit from some of these conversations or employees who might benefit from these conversations, how do you as a leader help? How do we share this with people who, who we know could benefit from these, these conversations and these concepts? Yeah. The greatest gift you can give is to continue to work on your own awakening. I.e. I'll define that, but really all that means is that you model your behavior in and you lead by example. Now, what does that really mean? That means that you can, in tactical form, you could be reading a good book. And if maybe you're an employee and your employer is not quite at your level, right? There's a lot of them that are not. Maybe you could let them know that you're reading this cool new book and that, you know, hey, I thought maybe you would enjoy this. Can, can we talk, can we break it down into two different yes. sections? Let's talk first about the leader working 
through, I mean, like we do one-on-ones with our employees all the time. Mm -hmm. So we have, and and a lot of other accountability measures. So we have a lot of insight into our employees and how they operate. What are their strengths, weaknesses, where they, where they can grow. How would we help? How would a leader help one of those individuals where they have that sort of direct reporting um, relationship? And I do think you have a good example of the how you um, had a great conversation with a team member about job versus leadership at one point. Yeah. I mean, that's a tactic and, a, and something that you can employ, but I think, and I'll share that in a second, but part of that is, is you have to model that. So as you're leading that employee, right. you have to be working on yourself. You have to be leading that. Then what you can do is you can say, Hey, here's a book. Here's a podcast that I was listening to. Here's this four part series that you can share with somebody else because starts bringing them awareness and then let them kind of what the, here's the key to all this is you have to meet them where they are right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to meet them where they are. Cause the minute you start realizing where they are, you can, you can bring them the level of technique that they need. That's going to get them further along in their path. For instance, you don't go to a kindergartner and give them, you know, calculus, you give them like, start learning to count one to 10 and that's their technique. But once they master that and they go, the here's addition, Mathemat- here's multiplication, right? So you, each part of along the way you meet the student, if you will, because if you're leading somebody, mm-hmm. forget about the hierarchy of an organization. If you're, and you're helping lead somebody, you have to meet the student wherever they are. And, um, I think you mentioned this actually before that sometimes either you, and I think I do this too, will ask questions to try to figure out exactly maybe where mm-hmm. that specific resistance is for them. Yes. It could be in their personal life. It could be in their work life, um, wherever it is, because until you actually know what that is, it might be hard to give a specific technique. Yes. But giving them something to work on is often helpful. Yes. Yeah. Something specific. Yes, exactly. Just like you're in school, you keep getting more and more future techniques. Yeah. It is, you just call learning. Right. And that's all this is. It's like you're learning. You're just meeting the person, the student where they are, but you're learning life. That's why we even called it business meets spirituality, because if we just went out and did a straight spirituality talk without kind of bringing these things in there, I'm not meeting the business community where they are. And then it's just, there's different things. So the way I really wanted to bring this into the world was meeting business owners and individuals and employees who love creating in this craft that we call business, meeting where them where they are to further them along. Well, let me I did you- a survey recently yeah. to all of, to our yeah. force multiplier community. And one of the biggest things that came back was that they, um, there was a lack of visibility into the role and, and a lack of respect for these, these executive support roles and maybe a little bit of, um, unconsciousness from yeah. their leadership. So how would somebody in that position where it's not as, it's not necessarily a direct report. It's not a student. They actually need, they're actually trying to share this information with, they're trying to lead up. Yeah. How, how would somebody approach that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, that's a wonderful question. And the first thing that you can do is just, you need to work on you and everything else will take care of itself. Now, let me, that's not a dodging the answer. Yeah. If you become clear as an executive assistant, you're either going to earn a seat at the table. You're going to, uh, somebody else in the organization is going to look at you and notice what you're doing and the contribution that you're having. And it's going to move you into a different role, or it's, you're going to have maybe a new offer or a new opportunity that's going to show up. But in the end, what will always happen is you are always working. It's like the soul, the same adage is this. Like if you're in a relationship, that's not good. You don't change the relationship, right? What do you change yourself? You so that you're prepared to be in the next situation. So if you're in a relationship with a boss that isn't treating you the same way, and I understand you may not be able to just mechanically go out there and let, fire yourself tomorrow because unless it's an abusive relationship, that's a completely different, but like you can't fire yourself tomorrow because you need money, right? You need those things. So what you do is you, you can accept where you are first and foremost. You can always accept, that's the first modality to self-awareness is you can always accept the situation. So I have a boss who's not nearly as conscious as I am 
and that's okay. I'm going to accept it. Every time it bothers me that it bothers me that he's not aware he is and he doesn't respect me, I'm going to let that go. That's your work. Then as you do that, you will climb purely because that's what you're doing. And so that's the first place. You don't go fight that. You don't resist that because the, for somebody else being unconscious and bothering you, that's on you, by the way. Mm-hmm. Purely hands down. People don't want to hear that, but that's on you. So the first thing you do is just like I said in the example in the relationship, you change, you start changing you. Then, then you can take action. Yeah. And I was just going to add that you, I mean, we all know that you can't change somebody else, mm-hmm. but you can influence other people to change their behavior if I mean, I think, I think leadership is influence. Absolutely. And so if we have executive assistants, chiefs of staff, force multipliers, leading themselves first, like you just said, and showing up every day as the best version, the best conscious version of themselves, it, it may actually, the, the positive part might be that they may actually start influencing their leader to yes. start making positive that's changes ex- that's in exactly their leadership. Right. That's exactly right. And then the, that's the best case scenario, right? And then yes, there's going to be the other, the alternatives where, you may get noticed from somebody else. You're going to be, you're going to increase your, your own leadership lid and confidence. And there might be other opportunities for you. Um, or you may eventually end up outgrowing your, yes. your leader and that's fine too. And then you just, you know, you got to make a move. Either way you accept and work on yourself and the outcome will take care of itself. The right opportunity will show up. And just like you said, you walk through the examples of what's going to happen, right? The thing too, is that I found is, and I want people to think about it in this terms when your leader or employer is not treating you consciously, right? And and they're not doing that. You having any energy negatively around that is actually fueling them to act that way. Even if it's like subconscious? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your emotional feeling of love, can you see it? No. So you, you can't see any of that at a different wavelength that we can see. Right. But you can feel oh, that, of energy, course you that can. energy. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're employer and you're showing up there with no resistance to that, they have nothing to fight you on. Mm. So now you're showing up consciously mm, yeah. and now you're sitting there and they could be as unconscious as they want, but they're going to stop being unconscious with you at some point because they're not, it's, it's almost like a bully. A bully stops picking on somebody when it, they know it's not affecting them, but it's got to, it can't be a fake not affecting them. It's got to be a real, like, bring it <laughs> like, yes, that hurts. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. Let it go. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, there's no more fighting. It's like, if you're in the middle of a fight with your partner, like your marital partner or your, your dating partner, and all of a sudden you just were, had no energy and you just hugged the person, the person's not going to fight you anymore. You may or may not stay together. They're just not going to fight you anymore. The only reason why fights exist. It's resistance. It's resistance. And that's honestly, that's all that stress is. Even if it's just a resistance and energy. That is stress. Well, I know. I'm just thinking like, I always think of resistance, like maybe it's a verbal resistance. No, or like it's a the energy resistance. resistance. The, verbal, yeah. the verbal yeah. resistance is only a manifestation of the inner resistance. Sure. You don't say, you don't come out verbally resisting something if you're not inwardly feeling it. Right. So that's where it starts. And that's all a consciousness. The minute that energy shifts to a defensive position and you start feeling that energy getting riled up from this person, that is you resisting. There's something that's basically saying there's something wrong in here with me. That's on me. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean you're going to go, okay, I'm going to stay in this situation. I'm not saying that. What it just means now is that now you taking the highest path in this moment, which will then lead you to changing your boss 
changing the person that's in front of you. Maybe they wake up and say, thank you someday. Yeah. Changing the relationship that you're in. But you're making those changes from, from a different state. Exactly. Yeah. Spirituality or consciousness is not about changing what you do. It's about changing the part of you that's doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's period. That's it. And so that's how you start working through those things is first you need to let go. We just gave that example a lot of letting go of letting go of that personal feeling that's there that is now resisting life. Cause that's where stress comes from. Stress is the resistance. Like you figure about like a weightlifter stress comes from you lifting weights and it breaks down your muscles and rebuilds it. Stress in your life comes from you resisting something that's happening in life. Yes. Resisting what is exactly. So that's why the first modality is always acceptance. acceptance. You may not like it. You may not want to stay in there. You may not like anything, but you can always, again, I, you can always use example. If you're lying in your deathbed, nobody's going to like that, but you can always accept it. You can't change from that place of resistance. Can you? Well, if, if there you is- have to accept first before you can You can't can have change. purity of change. Okay. You, you can change something, but you're going to be acting from the lowest part of you when you're acting from resistance or that emotion that comes from resistance. Right. Or it's those changes that don't actually. Because you can actually go through the mechanics of change acting from there. Right. Right. But it's not going to be the highest use of your time. That's the whole point of consciousness at work. Right. Or it's not going to be a long lasting change. Exactly. Or or it's just like, you know, you, whatever you're doing, you're end up going to get, you're going to get caught in something and you're going to change to go move to California because that's going to make it all better. And you go there and six months later, now you got to go make another change. This time it's in your relationship, (laughs) right? So you just keep constantly trying to change something to change the problem and fix fix the problem that's in you. And so that's why it always goes back to the same variation of all of this is let you surrender or acceptance or let go, whatever word makes sense for you to what you're resisting. Then you act. Like I always respond to this in emails because I know in business people, I'm like, let go and then fight like hell. Like I say that to people because it's like they need to hear, but you got to let go first and then mm-hmm. you fight. Yeah. I don't mean physically fight. I just mean that you just take action, but you're doing it from the highest source at that point. And that's what it is. And that's what, that's what, that's consciousness at work in general. It's all of that. And that's actually all of life, by the way, mm-hmm. It's always not resisting what is because <laughs> it's just unfolding. I just don't know how to say that differently for people to hear that. It's just literally just unfolding and you're here just watching it unfold, but you go, hold on. I don't like that unfolding. Yeah. Wasn't it, what's the Eckhart Tolle thing that he says that it's just like the isness of life. Yeah. It's it, that's all it is. It's like, you're not peddling this thing around. You're a guest here. Yeah. You're just a guest here. But we take ourselves so seriously though. <laughs> that the ego takes yeah. yourself so seriously. Yeah. So break it up into two different pieces. There's a human and there's the being. Most people never in, in, in every life never really get past the human part. <laughs> they don't even know where that there's a being. Well, the being's always there because it's always conscious. You just, you've covered it up. And that's why the whole term awakening comes in. People don't really fully understand what awakening means. Awakening just means that you transcend the actual human part of this world. Doesn't mean you can't interact as a human. Doesn't mean you can't interact with words and language like we're doing now or using your mind to say, that is a tree. You're literally just, you've transcended the human part, the egoic level of consciousness. Now you're more conscious, the more conscious you are because you're not tapping into the mind. You're tapping into the source of you. And there's nothing higher than that. I think last time we gave the example of like digging a a ditch of size of Texas with a shovel versus like a million, you know, excavators. Mm -hmm. You're tapping into something so much greater, but the death of that ego, letting go of that ego <laughs> is like, this is what Jesus said. You have to die to be reborn. And St. Paul said, I die daily. And that's literally what is you're dying to the, the self-concept that you've created, which is the egoic level. 
so that you can move away from that and actually lead from consciousness. And that's at the, at the deepest level of consciousness at work. Now there's every level, right? I mean, we can go back to consciousness at work can also mean I just started a vision board. I just started doing my five daily questions. Those are all techniques all the way up to you sitting in a meeting when somebody's giving you feedback and you're feeling very defensive to letting that energy go. And then those are all techniques. And then techniques are just designed to get you to experience something. It's like techniques are, you know, you give your kid an iPad, you know, on a plane so they stay consumed and on the plane so they don't get off until you get to your destination, which is, that is what I first said in the beginning of this, which is where conscious, the whole point of you being here in this life, by the way, is so that consciousness can realize itself. So a couple of, gosh, was that a year ago? Maybe Probably. about, maybe about yeah. a year ago, we were looking for some new leadership positions at our company. And so we posted a new job ad um, for a C-suite leadership position. And then we had an employee email you, I think, Adam, yeah. that, um, and had a conversation with you. Too. Oh yes. And he came in and talked kind of like to me. He did one. Yes. He was yes. a little bit upset that we, um, hadn't considered him for the role. Yes. And I think we had even, I had even, I had thought about him for the role and I'm sure yeah. you did too. Yeah. And we had dismissed it, but he had wanted us to at least yeah. have talked to him about it, which was lesson yeah. learned. We yes, have adjusted that lesson learned, but, um, yeah. And so your, my energy was also like, who does, what is going on? Like, yeah, it was because it wasn't just like, Hey, how come I wasn't considered for the role? There was a lot more yeah. energy behind it. Like yeah. very egoic energy around the whole thing. Yeah. And so I, when I first got the email that I think it was like a Monday night, I got it and I almost wanted to respond it, but I was going to be responding from the lower self because I mm -hmm. wasn't centered. It was and, actually like a Thursday or Friday. Cause I think it? you took the weekend and you, oh, that's you what really it was. Yes, thought about it over the weekend. Yes. It was a Thursday or Friday. And then it wasn't until Monday that I actually responded. Yes. Even though I, I, I actually drafted an email, deleted it, started drafting on Saturday morning, deleted it. I said, I'm just going to wait till Monday. It can wait. And so finally on Monday, all I actually said in the email, I said, Hey, I would like to actually get together with you. Right. That's what I said. So, Cause I'm like, this is not a, this is not an email correspondence. And so what I sat down with the individual and I said, Hey, um, and this by the way came, I didn't like think this up. I didn't read it in Inc magazine. Like literally that Monday when I was driving in, I was like, Oh, I know, I know how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like a, my mind didn't create a story around how I was going to do it. It just came. And it just said, you, I, I just saw it so clearly that he's really good at his job, but he's not good in leadership. Mm -hmm. So I said, I need to bifurcate it so he can understand that he's doing his job well, but not leadership well. And so he can hear the more difficult because conversation by not being concerned, concerned about his, his yes. that his job was in jeopardy. Yes. Or that he wasn't doing a good job. Because that's what we kept saying is like, my, I'm doing this. I'm doing I'm like, yeah. So basically I sat down with him. I said, hey, I'm just going to start this conversation by kind of, a, of laying out two fundamental different things here. You have, there's job and then there's leadership. There's an ability for an employee to do their job and do it very well. And then there's leadership, which is influencing other people, leading other people, bringing really good ideas to the table, being open, radical transparency, radical conversations, yeah, say, accountable, accountable, all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of labeled them both. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a scale because the numbers guys, so I'm going to give you a scale of zero to 10 on your job. You're probably an eight or a nine. I said, so that's a check mark. You're doing a wonderful job in your job. This conversation has nothing to do about your performance as it relates to a job. However, when I bring you over to the actual leadership category, you're about a three or four. Mm -hmm. And this position required a lot of leadership. And so I said, it's not that we can't get you to higher levels of leadership, but understand your job is, is a check mark. You haven't put energy or wanted to put energy on your leadership skills, mm -hmm. which is what we just talked about, influence, all those things, right? And he actually took it very well, started reading books, started getting more engaged with different things, uh, and still working on those things, yes. right? Um, and he, you know, people are going to be in different phases in different lives. So who knows where that'll end up going, but that was, it, it, it was able to, for me to be able to have the truthful conversation that needed to happen. 
and you met him where he was at yes. in that conversation. Yes. Yeah. And so I just separated the job versus leadership of just, you can do this a lot too, when people are wanting a leadership role. So you can, you can sit them down and say, Hey, I'm just going to give you a scale of zero to 10, how you doing in your job. And let me give you a scale of zero to 10 on your leadership and let's work together in your leadership. So I actually started meeting with them once a week or every couple of weeks mm -hmm. to make sure like to go over books that we're reading to do different things. And then you just want to see how people show up. Right. right. Do they continue to show up? Do they ask questions? Do they leaders do need to be self-motivated, exactly. self-managed. Yes, yeah. exactly. Self-leadership, they want to be growing those aspects, not just growing in your tactical job responsibilities, growing in leadership. Yeah. And so that's how we really separated it. And I actually ended up taking more time and kind of pouring into this person. So you can do the same thing with, with anybody in your team that, because I think that's a lot of question we get. It's like, Hey, this person wants to be a leader, but they're not ready to be a leader. Right. Actually, but, I'm just thinking like about an example. That's probably a good example to use for Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, or they're like really like great sales people. We see yes. that a lot. It's great sale, great sales people, but that's they your don't, job. Right. You're great and at they're sales. amazing at that, but they're not quite ready for the leadership yes. component or and, honestly, vice versa. Sometimes exactly. we have, can have amazing leaders who influence, who are incredible influencers, but they actually struggle with getting work done. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like me. <laughs> it's, no, it's yeah, true. Well, that's like, why I, your role is hundred yes. percent leadership. Well, that's, that's, and I, it's hard. I actually get like paralysis when it comes to actually doing something. I go back to think about when, when I was like a sole person, like what actually, how did I do something? But, um, you just kind of, you just had to level, do it, just yeah. do it. but, um, but it's, you're absolutely right. So you just gotta, that's why you just gotta self-aware, know what's going on and you can always break things down, um, to do that. Now, if somebody isn't performing their job or leadership, that's a different conversation, but absolutely. that's how we kind of started there. But I thought we'd wrap up with, um, with, with kind of this four part consciousness series, which understanding a couple things, it's always going to come down to the same variations of what we're saying. Whenever you feel that you're, you're start to suffer, your energy shifts to a different position, you start to feel irritated, anger, or some sort of low state, it can also be high, but typically it's probably gonna be some sort of mood change, whatever you want to call to it. That's what you let go of. So consciousness, when you're meeting like awakening, enlightenment, all of those factors are only going to come from you letting go of the part of you that wants to be right, wants to be in control, that wants to know what's going on and wants life to be a certain way. It's the minute you realize that it's never going to be the way you want it. And yes, I get it. You can relatively get it the way you want it in certain parts of your life, especially with money and different things. But there are plenty of billionaires and millionaires, especially today, to have everything the way they want life to be and are miserable, just miserable. I mean, it's just, they are. And, and, and that's not, and there's also billionaires who are incredible. Mm -hmm. So it's not money. Like, money isn't the energy juice. It'll help. It's cool. And when you're already joyous and you have money, that's just a bonus, but it's not going to give you what you think it is. So you let go of that part and you always come back to acceptance. I'm going to accept going to accept something. Then you take the best action you can. And you just, and then if it's not the right action, you just accept that it wasn't the right action and you take the next action, but it's not, not fighting. It's not passive. Look, we're in a world now where our responsibility as leaders, as employees, as human beings, not just humans, human beings in this world is to do whatever we can to wake up consciousness in itself and in you. And so in order to do that, we have to bring in every aspect of what we do. That is in our personal lives, in our business lives. And people that are listening to this are in business lives. It's our responsibility to be as conscious as we can in business. As consciousness shifts in business, it shifts your employees, it shifts your vendors, your clients. You just start interacting with the world completely differently. And now you're making your mark in such a powerful way because you're becoming conscious in itself. So as you start to do this, you start to let go of the piece of you that does that wants to control something that won't accept what it is and starts to stress, you continue to let go. 
Now, however, I think that the next generation of leaders are just as committed to their inner growth in spiritual life as they are to spreadsheets and bottom lines. The other way of saying this is our kind of, if you will, in our world, it's 51% culture, 49% profit, meaning that their inner growth, culture, personal growth, execution, model following falls putting the company and organization first, including for me to not putting me first, but me putting the company first and doing whatever I need to do always trumps profit. However, profit's really close, but it doesn't tip the scales. And so make sure that profit is never tipping the scales for you, even in situations where it's really tough and you may go, well, I don't have any profit right now. It still can't be the deciding factor because you could have all the money in the world and it's not going to give you what you're looking for. So when you're clear on that and you always put 51% and you can pick whatever stat you are, that's just for us. You're always putting your own growth from the situation first and acceptance. The rest of it will come. It may not come the way you want it. It may come in a different form or different variation or take you down a different path, but it'll always come. And I think that um, Naval Ravenkant, uh, I think, summarized this very well. And I'm just going to end with this quote because um, while he's necessarily, he admits he's not there and he's working on it every day. Um, I love his quote because it talks a lot about what's written on my desk, which is need nothing, enjoy everything. In fact, one of the greatest lines I think ever written in spirituality is that the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. However, make the slightest distinction between the two and you'll set infinitely apart from heaven and hell. And that's the first line. The great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. Mm-hmm. It's the first line of the Zen patriarch. It's one of the deepest writings because, but, but make the slightest distinction and it's the difference between heaven and hell. If you have no preferences, you have no problems. That's it. Period. Now it doesn't mean, this is where people get lost. Go pick your clothes, go pick your things. It's not that right. So just remember that. And so it's, it's when we start to let go of needing the world to be a certain way. So then this, I believe this kind of wraps it up for that need nothing, but enjoying everything, particularly as it relates to business. So this is what he said. I want to be the guy who is successful, peaceful, happy, enjoying life, blissful, meditative, spiritual, successful, and as healthy as I can be and famous and rich and not give a damn about any of it. If I lose it all tomorrow, I still want to be happy. That's it. That's where I want to be. I'll just make that decision because somebody has to be that person and it might as well be me. Thanks for hanging with us today. For those of you who recognize the power of a strategic partnership, you can get a short, impactful, and timely email from us every Thursday. That'll be your guide for how to achieve more together. The inner circles for founders, leaders, entrepreneurs, and their chiefs of staff, executive assistants, and right-hand partners who want to learn how to cast a vision, navigate change, lead together, build impactful businesses, and just get shit done. If you're interested, go to founderinforcemultiplier.com forward slash inner circle to sign up.